just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. I'm Kenyatta, and with me is my oh-so-lovable co-host, Jack. Say hello to the people, Jack. Hello to the people, Jack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's great to be back. Uh, I hope everyone listening had a nice holiday. Yes, I'm hoping so, too. And let's see. This episode should actually be out just after the new year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, happy new year. Yeah. I hope everybody uh, enjoys your day off. That you remain Omicron free. Indeed. That's like wildfire right now. <laughs> no kidding. <sighs> yeah. So, both Kenyatta and I got new mics, podcasting mics for Christmas. I guess our family thinks we should keep doing the show you think yes they apparently <laughs> like us so we're gonna go ahead and keep going <laughs> that's right that is correct so anyway um i guess we should go ahead and let you uh mention your wtf i'm kind of excited to hear what you're going to talk about you might know what this one is because it has been making the rounds but it, it was just too good it was too good not to talk about so okay i'm ready so everyone's favorite representative marjorie taylor green oh yes the lovely marjorie taylor green indeed looks like odo from star trek deep space nine i'm done <laughs> you can't unsee that now that I've brought it to your attention. Thank you. Thank you. Because now I'm really going to, you know, we get done. I'm really going to go ahead and do like a side by side thing. I am. I am. So apparently something got her um, undies in a twist. Uh, There was a tweet released by a conservative group called College Republicans on Mm -hmm. the 26th, the day after Christmas, wishing folks a happy Kwanzaa. And if you know anything about Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa does indeed start on the 26th and Mm -hmm. runs to January 1st. It's a seven-day celebration. Uh, Marjorie didn't like that. And uh, she she tweeted in response, stop. It's a fake religion created by a psychopath. First of all, it's not a religion. I was going to say, it's just a holiday, correct? That is correct. And just to give a little background on these things, because I just love educating the people. Kwanzaa, like I said, is a seven-day celebration between December 26th and January 1st. It was created back in 1966 as a way to, or as a way for uh, Black folks to be able to celebrate the holidays, but not necessarily have to adhere to the American way of celebration. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's based on seven principles, one for each day. Uh, the first day is called Umoja, which is Swahili for unity. Mm-hmm. The second day is Kuji, Kuji Gagulia. And if anybody knows how to pronounce that, please let me know. But that is self-determination. The third day is Ujima, 
which is a collective work and responsibility. Mm-hmm. The fourth day is Ujamaa, which is for cooperative economics. The fifth day is Nia, which uh, represents purpose. The sixth day is Kumba, which is creativity. And the seventh and last day is Imani, which is for faith. So, and again, it was created in 1966 in the wake of the Watts riots out in California. And it was a way for, like I said, for Black people to be able to celebrate, um, not necessarily celebrate the traditional way that Americans have been for years, but in their own more uh, African-centered way. And, and right. indeed, a lot of a lot of Black families and non-Black families, as a matter of fact, celebrate Kwanzaa as well as Christmas. And um, they also, of course, acknowledge uh, New Year's. Mm-hmm. So for Miss Taylor Green to call this man that created it, who is, by the way, Maulana Karenga, for, him, for her to call him a psychopath kind of blew me back. I was, no, that's not, not quite. Granted, he does have quite like quite a uh, colorful past i'll put it that way he was a founder <laughs> of a black nationalist group back in the 60s oh. um mm-hmm. and he did end up uh spending some time in prison for what was allegedly assault on another member of the group that he had founded but he maintains that was a political imprisonment and with the way that things were happening from black nationalist groups in the 60s i'm inclined to believe some of that Mm -hmm. but it just so happens he is still alive and he is actually let me verify this right now he is uh he chairs the africana studies department at california state university in long beach cool so I'm trying to figure out why does she call that man a psychopath? Because she's Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah. Yeah. And she accused the conservative group that, you know, tweeted out the happy Kwanzaa tweet of uh, pandering to black voters. <sighs> because, you know, you can't just be thoughtful. No. Yeah. Which... Um, well, I do understand a thought of pandering sometimes because we've discussed it before mm-hmm. that there are certain times where I feel like if I post about something that maybe people will take it as not you know genuine. Mm-hmm. But in this case, um, this would mean they're college kids, which means they're going to be Gen Z. Gen mm-hmm. Z is probably the most inclusive, not even just colorblind everything blind they really gen z is really uh got it together in that department you know they don't care what someone's religion or skin color or who they love they they just like people for the most part i mean they're your, those that don't and so to hear that from college kids it's probably actually genuine because gen z tends to be more inclusive all the way around that's a great thing about them true that is absolutely true. And, and me and my own kid had a discussion about this very thing the other, you know, last week along those lines. So I, I tend to agree. And I didn't necessarily see it as pandering. And like you said, you can tell when someone's trying to pander to another group, just trying to look for acceptance or however you want to put it. But yeah, not in this case. Yeah, and I don't think like so. Like I said, 
the fact that this woman has so much time on her hands to not only slam the tweet, but you know, refer to the man that created it as a psychopath. Well, to be fair, she's not on any committees. <laughs> <laughs> that is a small blessing. She has she has a lot more free time than other Congress humans. True. And and perhaps she should not, but who am I? <laughs> but just a citizen of these here United States. Who am I? That's right. That's right. But a very valid point. Marjorie Taylor Greene, once again, is on the wrong side of Everything. Decent, decency. Uh-huh. I was going to say history, but then I thought, well, it's really more than that. It's also the wrong side of being a decent person. Pretty much. So, you know, she's, she's just a, a, a source that just keeps on giving, isn't she? Yeah, I don't want that. I I want I want to return it. How Amazon? How can I return this? <laughs> I, I have a feeling a return on Amazon is slightly easier. I don't think you can grab her and go to a UPS store and they'll box her up and send her back to Georgia. I don't think so either. But I mean, if anybody knows, <laughs> feel free to let me know how this can be done. <laughs> right. <Goodness gracious. laughs> So, Jack, what is your uh, WTF story? Well, you said it was a good one to see. So yeah, my WTF is a positive WTF because, you know, that can mean good things as well. And uh, if you listen to my, my solo podcast, you know that I'm a huge fan of astronomy and space-related stuff. Mm-hmm. And on Christmas morning, NASA launched the James Webb Space Telescope. It was nice. 10 years over budget, but it's also perhaps the most complex thing to ever be launched into space that isn't a space shuttle or a space station. To do everything that it's going to do when it gets to where it's going to get, um, it needs something like 178 different you know, motorized things to make it move out and do everything it needs to do. Um, it's going to be the farthest uh, space telescope that we've ever had. It's actually, um, I want to say, like a million miles past the moon. There's a grav- There are five gravity points called L1, L2, L3, L4, L5, and it's going to be an L2. And so it's on the other side of the moon, and it's far enough away that the heat from the Earth doesn't affect its optics because oh. it has to be super, super cold, and it has these... Uh, sun shields that unfurl and protect it from the sun and the earth. So on the sun side of the shield, the temperature can be hot enough to boil water. And on the other side of it, where the uh, mirror is, uh, the temperature is like minus 344 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. So the, the pictures that we get from that are just going to be incredible for example hubble had the ultra uh, deep field it looked at one part of the sky for three weeks to get that deep field which is just galaxies (laughs) to do the same picture with james webb it only has to stare at that space for like six hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) jeez (laughs) yeah so we're gonna get a lot of really cool science and knowledge and information and see things 
you know, at a distance that we've never been able to see before. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just really cool that we finally got that thing launched. Obviously, launch is the most nerve wracking part because rockets do occasionally go boom. Yes. (laughs) So, unfortunately. Yeah, you don't want to have something that expensive that took you that long to build and then have have it not make it into space. Yeah. And yeah, I I just think that it's really awesome. It's cool. I know that it, you know, is a lot of money, but knowledge is worth it. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that they invented for that will eventually be the technologies that we use now or you know, in the future, not now, in the future. Um just related, most people don't know that the reason we have MP3s is because of the Galileo space probe that went around Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, its high gain antenna didn't work. So they created a new program to s- condense and send everything via the low gain antenna. Mm-hmm. And that program was MP3s. And somebody realized, you know, this would be the perfect format for storing music digitally. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, you know, not that MP3s are important, but there is other stuff that is on that telescope, which will eventually, you know, sort of make its way into everyday life. Yeah, I can see that. And six months from now, when those first pictures come, it'll be quite a, quite a great day for science. Mm. That should be. Because I follow, um, I know you probably do. I follow NASA's um, Instagram site. I do. And it's just a wonder seeing some of the pictures that they get back. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Humans are so insignificant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just the sheer vastness of everything as a human, almost, we can't really even comprehend it. Oh yeah. Just because our reference is the earth. Right. So our, our main points of reference for size are the earth, the moon, and the sun. And just through luck, the moon, even though it's what, 12,000 times smaller than the sun, but the earth is at the right distance that the moon can go and block the sun because they're sort of look the same, you know, diameter and everything. But when humans go to Jupiter, the first people that go, it's going to be mind-boggling to see something that huge coming up on the hurt, you know, coming up as you're getting towards it. Because you can mm. fit so many Earths inside of Jupiter. It's just massive. Well, you can actually fit everything else in the solar system but the sun inside Jupiter and still have room to do it a second time. So we just can't comprehend that. And then when you factor in, you know, there are stars that are a hundred times the size of the sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's you're right. We just we're insignificant and we can't handle that kind of thought. We can't. We should love each other in our insignificantness. Absolutely, because in that regard, we're all equal. So I don't understand what the big deal is. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that was my uh, WTF. It doesn't always have to be a negative, mind-boggling thing. True, and I like that. Now, for me, it was an exciting thing. Something I've been waiting on for a good period of time so excellent i dig it yeah now i, now I feel pressure because i have to have a good one next time <laughs> you don't you don't have to do that <laughs> maybe i won't <laughs> i mean yeah who, who knows what next week will bring who knows what overnight will bring 
who knows right. what 10 minutes from now we're bringing. There you go. That's even more accurate. You are absolutely right. Even as we sit here speaking, right? something's happening. <laughs> Something crazy somewhere. So anyway, uh, I guess we should move on. We didn't necessarily have sort of like a, like an on point kind of topic. We were just sort of going to talk about sort of the world as it's happening. And I'm sure you saw today that uh, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend, co-pimp, mm. Elaine Maxwell, got found guilty on five of the six charges brought up against her. I did indeed. And this is, and I say this, and, and I don't make light of anything that their victims have gone through, but I say this in all sincerity as a complete assumption. I bet you when they read the verdicts, she just stood there and silently cursed out her co-conspirator. Well, yeah, because he took the easy way out. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I can just see it now. She's like, he just left me with all of this. All of it. Yeah. Ugh. But as it were. Yeah. It's uh, for me, it's sort of uh, it, it's a nice symbol in a way, because a lot of time the uber wealthy and I know she's not as uber wealthy as she had once been. Mm-hmm. Um even like the last 15 years or so, but she still runs in those circles and people that are uber wealthy that run in those circles, they live in a different world than we do. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see somebody that runs in those circles, having consequences for their horrible, shitty actions. Especially, especially one when it doesn't have to do with the fact that they just didn't pay taxes because that seems to be what gets a lot of them. And I'm kind of sick of that. Yeah. Two for something so reprehensible that a lot of them get away with often. Yeah. And I can't help but think that not that, I mean, obviously she should be punished, but I can't help but think as I I generally think in these instances, because it's relating to, you know, two different trials, but they both involve female defendants Mm -hmm. that sometimes women are often sacrificed, quote unquote, not to say, not to say that they should not have been held accountable. They both should have been, but, and I'm in the other uh, woman in question I'm speaking of is, um, help me out. Uh, Kim Potter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it was Potter. Yeah. Both of them most definitely need to be held accountable for, what they did and they yeah it it just seems to me that is that perhaps law enforcement could maybe have tasers that don't have sort of a pistol grip action on it yeah because then when you go to grab it uh it feels different in your hand yeah you would think and and you would think the training would have been done and that wouldn't have happened because sort of based on her reactions i do think that it was a mistake, but she still should be held accountable because, mm-hmm. well, first of all, can we get rid of dumbass fucking laws that say that you can't have an air freshener hanging from your mirror? Number one. You know what? Put a pin in that. Cause I'm going to come back and I'm going to find out exactly how many states have that law. I need to know now. It, to it's too, whatever it is, it's too many. That's just my opinion. Oh, no, Second of all, right. if I'm a, if I'm a cop and I'm driving around, I don't sit there and go, oh, hey, look, that dude's got an air freshener. Guess it's time to pull him over. It just seems like that would be a waste of my time. 
that would be one of the things that if I had someone pulled over for other infractions, maybe I write the ticket for that, but I'm not a dick. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I obviously that's something that, you know, she's obviously going to have to deal with the rest of her life because she's, you know, going to spend some time in jail and um, it's, it's a rough thing, but you know, she, she killed a guy that she shouldn't have shot. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, uh, there's, there's no, there's no other way around it. There really isn't. Yeah. And a friend of mine, she and I got together last week and we were talking about this and uh, I shared her opinion that the charges that um, they hit Porter Potter with, excuse me, were, uh, proportionate mm-hmm. and, and that's why that's probably why it was a successful case against her on the other hand what they charged Kyle Rittenhouse with was overkill no pun intended yeah yeah um had had they gone after him with something similar like involuntary manslaughter or aggravated or, or whatever is the the equivalent of those kinds of charges in uh, Wisconsin they may have had a better chance yeah but they were coming after that kid with you know, first degree charges. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm of the same opinion. I don't think he went out there necessarily to hurt anybody, but the fact of the matter is that he did and he was not held accountable. Yeah. So. And that's sort of different too, because then he was playing on top of everything. He was playing white vigilante. That too. And there's when really he, no excuse for that kind of foolishness, but yeah, he should boil it down. I don't think his intent was to go out there and necessarily kill anybody. Scare him? Sure. Right. Yeah. Actually kill anybody? Mm-mm. No. But like yep. I said, it doesn't make what he did excusable or justified or anything. Right. Right. Like that. But yeah. Yeah. That's that's a whole nother thing. So excuse me for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I remembered the thing I wanted to tell you about. Goody. <laughs> it's not two in the morning. Okay. All right. I have to get it out before I re-forget. All right. So remember a couple of weeks ago, we were, I don't even remember if it was on the podcast or as we were talking before or after, but we were talking about how perhaps if in the 1870s, they would have snuffed out the KKK that maybe it wouldn't have been as big a deal as it ended up being from the teens on, the 19 yeah. teens and on. Yeah, that was so, on air. I remember. Right. Okay, so U.S. Grant did snuff it out. Congress passed, uh, it's actually, um, it, it's got used recently. There was another sort of, oh, it's what they got the uh, Proud Boys and all of those people on. And so basically, uh, it was a law passed in the 1870s that made being in the Ku Klux Klan and lynchings and all of that an act of terrorism. Mm. It wasn't called that. But that's essentially what it was. And it authorized the president to send federal troops to snuff out the KKK. <laughs> and Grant did. Grant did. He, um, when he left office, he basically destroyed it. Hmm. Yeah. And so it was in the early part of the 1900s, there was this fella, which I can't think of his name, but it was at a time, you know, when like, the Elk Lodge and the Moose Lodge and the Masons and all of those. It was sort of their heyday. And for whatever reason, this guy couldn't get into any of them. 
but he was also a racist. <laughs> and his thought was, well, I'll bring the KKK back as a social club. And then I can just sort of use the name and I don't have to like start over from scratch. First of all, if you want to use the good name of the KKK, you have problems and you're starting from a bad point. Pretty much. <laughs> right? We're, right? Starting, we're starting way behind the line on that one. Yeah. But the weird thing is, is apparently like the first 10 or 15 years, they were almost like an MLM. They sold like all of this weird Ku Klux Klan branded shit. Obviously, you know, the sheets and all of that part. And then uh, even more racist people got in and then it expanded and then it got huge. And then uh, to the point to where uh, Medford, Oregon in the 1920s, pretty much the Klan got all the people on the city council elected that were Klan members. And they actually passed a city ordinance making it an acceptable uniform for police officers to wear their KKK robes on duty. So, (laughs) so I was right in a sense that it could have been that it was snuffed out. Unfortunately, there's always got to be a freaking racist. The the organization to a point, the mentality behind it. Never, I'm afraid. But that is an interesting story. Yeah. Social club. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're we're just like Dale Glodge. I mean, yeah, we wear, you know, white hoods. We have stupid names like Klegel. But come on down. Every Thursday, the fourth Thursday of every month, we do our monthly chili cook-off. What the the hell? (laughs) Yeah, but buy this KKK branded stationery. Yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and send out our our bi-monthly letter to our friends over on the West Coast on this. This is great. We, I just about that, but in Oregon, there was um, people that got sent to trial for, um, well, in Oregon, they were more anti-Catholic, anti-Jew, because at the time, there just weren't as many uh, Black people in Oregon. And so their racism was sort of different, but they had done some, I don't remember exactly what it was, but they got arrested for it. But they were, part of it was they were sending um, threatening letters to people and their defense was well we couldn't have written that it's not on kkk letterhead <laughs> oh yeah the letterhead makes it official right <laughs> that was, wow like, that's, that's, the, that's the worst funniest thing because it's horrible but it's still kind of funny <laughs> i'm i'm done <laughs> i'm over it <laughs> can you imagine that's your defense oh no that couldn't have been us we only sent threatening letters unofficial letterhead <laughs> and you know what here goes here goes my brain because i connect everything to some form of pop culture go figure it reminds me of the scene in american psycho you know the one with christian bale yeah yeah and that man had a love sick. of business cards yes yes he says i have this eggshell white with this time sans serif font six point you know everybody around the table was just drooling and green with envy i'm like oh no like did they go around to like other chapters and compare letterhead designs and <laughs> yeah. paperweight and color did they did they i can't i, I cannot now, was it like a national branding thing yeah I don't did know. they have like conventions and hmm. 
I don't know. Um, but anyway, <sighs> that that's how it got brought back, which of course led to the first movie in the White House that was ever shown uh, was with President Woodrow Wilson, mm-hmm. and it was Birth of a Nation, which is incredibly racist because well it's about the clan mm-hmm. but um <laughs> and quite frankly Whoa. just a really horribly made movie but you know go off <laughs> right but anyway uh i'm glad i remembered what it was because it sort of brought us full circle to something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and i figured that if i've learned more i should share it please do so there we go that is that's going to make me chuckle just at random times. It's just going to make me chuckle. You're going to get a piece of mail and it's not going to be on letterhead. And you're going to be like, those punks. I, I wasn't worth the official stationery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gracious. Yeah. I do want to, uh, and this oh. almost was my WTF, but. Okay. Let me talk about this. Um, Republican Rhode Island representative Patricia Morgan tweeted out yesterday, quote, I had a black friend. I liked her and I think she liked me too. But now she is hostile and unpleasant. I am sure I didn't do anything to her except be white. Is that what teachers and our political leaders really want for our society? Divide us because of our skin color? Hashtag CRT. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, maybe that attitude is why she doesn't want to be her friend anymore. (laughs) I'm thinking, yes. I'm I'm thinking that's exactly what it was. Because she saw you or heard you go on and on and on and on about the very wrong things and decided she she didn't need to have anything to do with you. Yeah. Maybe you scared her with some of your viewpoints. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's that. Yeah, it's always funny when you hear people complaining about critical race theory. If you ever ask them what it is (laughs) or what it entails, Mm. they never really seem to know. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's it's odd. If you're gonna be so against something, I just feel like maybe you should, you know, know a little bit about it first. Namely that. It is not and has never been and will never be taught in K through 12 schools. Right. Ever. There's, there's, there's been no intention of doing that because CRT is very, very, what's the word, involved. There's a lot to it. Right, right. And it bugs me, too, because a lot of the times the people that are so against it are also the same ones that get all bent out of shape if you take down a statue of... Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis, and the the response is always, "Well, you know, history isn't always pretty." Okay, yeah, that's true. So you're for critical race theory because it teaches how some of the institutions in America were actually founded on racism. And if you can't accept and confront that truth, um, I know that it's difficult to come to terms with the fact that something that you think is great and fantastic, i.e., the U.S has certain institutions that were built for shit reasons. Mm-hmm. But the sooner you can accept that and know about it, the sooner you can make sure that it doesn't happen again. Or that it, or whatever, or whatever it is that we still have in place. 
you know, yeah. find a way that you can pressure your your right. lawmakers into making fundamental changes. Yeah. That's, that's what it's about. It's not about dividing people or trying to make white people an enemy. It's just, it's silly. It's just silly. Yeah. So, I mean, they are right. History is not pretty. No. The ugly parts certainly need to be taught, but they mm -hmm. don't need to be taught only from the viewpoint that certain institutions weren't founded for certain reasons. Mm -hmm. Because they yeah. were, <laughs> and it's you know it's never it's never easy to find out that you know somebody you liked or love is or looked up to is a shit person or a shit institution, <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't mean that we've all had people that are that are like that. And to be fair, I as we've discussed before, I am glad that I live where I live, even with all of its imperfections, because. You know, I don't think I'm cut out to live in a world without internet and air conditioning and refrigeration. True. If that, if, and if the thing of it is, though, is that had you lived back then, you wouldn't have known all these things. So kind of, I would have felt something was wrong. I'm telling you right now, Kenyatta, <laughs> I would have known in my core that I could have been in a climate control situation. <laughs> You're looking around like, what? Excuse me, where's the automatically chilled cold air? Come, where's that? I need that to happen. People are like, what are you talking about? No, there has to be an easier way to do this. I just know it. There has to be a way that we can do this that's cool, that doesn't require me living in, you know, Norway. There just has to be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, you know, I've sort of been on this weird journey the last five or six years. And I've really confronted that certain things that I always thought were a certain way, I either, I'm not going to say that I was lied to about it growing up, but it was definitely stuff that was omitted. Oh, yeah. From being taught or learning about. And it's been, I don't want to say like tough or depressing or anything like that, but. Yeah, it's been kind of difficult because I, I can say I've gone through it to sort of think, you know, oh, my God, that is, you know, like that. I wasn't taught, you know, side B of the record. <laughs> I was exactly. only I was only taught the A side. Exactly. And so I, I understand that it can be, you know, difficult to do that stuff, but you have to. I mean, and, and it's just I think a lot of people. They take it personally, which to a certain extent they should, mm -hmm. if only that it, it allows them to expand and evolve their knowledge of the world around them. That's always beneficial. Yeah. At the same time, they take it too far when they act like, you know, it's, it's an assault on true American patriots or some such nonsense like that, some coded yeah. language. And it's, it's, not, it's not ever been like that. Well, at least for yeah I'm not i'm not here to be the spokesperson obviously but not for, <laughs> not for most black people or other people of right. color. it's not like yeah that. and i heard it said and I, I i i can't think of who you know who originated the quote but it went something like you know they should be glad all we want is equality and not revenge right and and, and it's true but the thing of it is is there's a lot that goes into 
the collective mindset or how a lot of us have been raised and how a lot of us see our parents act and other folks older than us growing up. And we were saying, you know, yeah. the other cheek and, and forgive people and like, okay, well, we'll do that. And then, like you say, we get older and there's, there's, a, there's a, there's a reckoning and you're like, yeah. okay, well, I can't I- always, I can't always forgive. I always had to keep this in the, in the back of my mind because, you know, this, I'm like you, I don't think I would manage anywhere else. <laughs> I love being in this country for all of its faults, but at the same time, to kind of paraphrase uh, James Baldwin, I love this country and therefore I feel like I am qualified as a citizen to criticize her flaws. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there's a, there's a rapper. Uh, he goes by the name of uh, Propaganda prop usually even though i just listened to eight podcasts with him on it in the past two days mm-hmm. and they mention his his real name not his superhero name <laughs> <laughs> paraphrase spider-man um, <laughs> but he would they were sort of talking about uh about certain things and he he was pointing out he's like he was like hell even the the black lives matter movement is really he's like if you think about it is the movement in just wanting the the bottom the yeah. bare minimum he's yeah. like we're not asking for he's like that movement in the name isn't even like imply equality he's like we just want to have our lives have like meaning that it's not okay to just you know treat us like shit because of our skin color we just want us to matter we don't even you know, he's we like, in the name to, of that, we we're not bitching base. for equality or even special treatment. We just want to matter. Exactly. We want the base level respect. Yeah. The and base like, level humanity. That's like, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's stuff like what this woman, you know, said about, I had a black friend. What does that even mean? What are you looking for when you say stuff like that out there on a, on a uh, social media platform? What are you getting uh, at? That's the that's the thing. You hear that all the time. I have a friend who's Mexican. Oh yeah. Right. I have a you know, a friend from India or whatever. And it's almost like, see, I can't be that bad. I have a friend that's this way. And to be fair, I've heard everybody say something like that, similar to it. But the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is you should just like people for people. Mm-hmm. And that's it's absolutely accurate. And I'm just how do I put it? It's it's things like what she says that, and it's almost on a continuous basis for years now. Yeah, that made me realize that yes, some people are are just stone cold racist. It's it, I mean, there's no denying that, and there will be people that are yeah. always like that. But a lot of folks are mostly ignorant and tone yeah. deaf. Oh yeah, that's definitely a tone deaf statement. And yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know, like as you know. I, you saw the the picture I made for Ralph, my yes. best friend Ralph. Really, I consider Ralph like beyond like that. I consider Ralph like a brother, mm-hmm. and um, it never seems weird to us if we're hanging out and going and doing things and doing all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's only been in like the last couple of years that I thought, you know what? There might be people that seeing Ralph and I going and doing stuff and hanging out. That might bother them. And it's never <laughs> occurred to me because Ralph is like my best friend. So, hmm. yeah. In case anyone's wondering, uh, I taught myself Photoshop exclusively so I could Photoshop Ralph and my faces onto the Step Brothers Olin Mills movie poster. 
and it turned out quite well. Mm-hmm. And Ralph absolutely loved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it. The work itself is a joy to behold. Take my word for it. And maybe we'll we'll go ahead and post it on you know on one of our sites somewhere. Did you do that? Uh, I don't remember that you did that. If no, you did, I don't we'll think get I it did. Up there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Ralph absolutely loved it, and he said he was hanging it in the living room to hell with what his wife thinks about it. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> she probably just stands there and looks at it on the wall like, hmm. Yeah. And just I, keeps walking. <laughs> I felt bad because I I was talking with Ralph and I was like, hey, um, you've been on, on the podcast a few times and my my other podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I have the, the website for it. And I can put a picture of each guest on there. It was like, could you take this series of pictures for me and I'll sort of pick which one to put on the website? And Ralph was like, sure, because he thought that's what I was doing. I felt bad for lying to him, but in the end, it was totally worth it because he loved it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A little white lie does not, it doesn't hurt anything in this case. So there's that. Yeah. It was for a good cause. An outstanding Christmas gift. That was excellent, though. Like the first time you showed me that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so perfect. This is so perfect. <laughs> Yeah, it turned out well. I'm, I was pleased. Yeah, we're going to get that posted for you guys in case you're curious. And I know you are. We're going to get that posted ASAP. So don't you worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll put it on our Facebook page. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we sort of went off on a unrelated tangent. But Oh, that's uh, common. <laughs> I know. We, we've been known to do that. But yeah, my point is. I guess what I was getting to don't make it a big deal, whatever the race, skin color, religion, gender of a friend is just be happy that you're friends. Mm -hmm. And just to add to that, the fact that you can have a genuine friendship or relationship with someone outside of your, let's say default culture, that into Mm -hmm. itself is a gift. And you should always acknowledge those differences between yourself for that reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I, kinda, I agree I kinda, wholeheartedly. I, I, I hear people say that they're colorblind and it kind of bristles me. I understand what they're getting at, mm-hmm. but the sentiment is, yes, of course, you should treat people and appreciate people just because they're other human beings. That is true. But at the same time, when you come from different backgrounds and different cultures, things of that nature, those are those kinds of things that should be celebrated between you. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it's, I don't know. I mean, colorblind is the term, Mm -hmm. but it's really, I don't know, colorblind plus maybe. (laughs) I don't know. But you accept that it doesn't matter the person's, you know, things, Mm -hmm. list all of the. But at the same time, you should want to take interest and celebrate the the culture and mm-hmm. the knowledge of that friend at the yes. same time. Yes, absolutely. So that's it's. I don't even know what term you could use other than colorblind. I get the term. I I used it earlier in the show, but. Um, and see, that's the thing. I knew what you were getting at. That's the yeah. thing. But you're right. There really is no set term yeah that that would more accurately describe you know what we're trying to say here yeah like colorblind plus 
Yeah. You're accepting of everything, but then you also realize this is an important aspect of that person as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we, we're never going to be a, I don't know, just a blob of sameness. No. You know, we don't want to be human celery. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what did I see? Somebody posted a meme saying, one day I decided I wanted water. I wanted some strings that tasted like water. So I had celery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like accurate. Even with ranch dressing, it's accurate. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Peanut butter is the sort of the one thing that makes celery, you know, worthwhile. And then I think you're defeating the point of celery. Yeah. <laughs> I can think of other things that go with peanut butter much better. I just, I don't know. I, I see the little trays that people have out at get togethers and I'll eat a piece to be polite. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll maybe like gnaw on it, like for the whole night if I have to, because I'm not getting another piece. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Right. On the other it. hand, celery should be the ultimate vegetable for dentists because it comes with built-in floss. That is true. It doesn't matter how small a piece you eat. Somehow it gets in your teeth. Yeah. yeah. I never understood that. Yeah. So that was, once again, another nice tangent uh, that we went on. Um, But going back to what we asked earlier, (laughs) did you find out how many states have nothing hanging from the rearview mirror laws? Let us check now. I don't think those listening understand how amazing it is that in one show, I remembered two things that I easily could have forgotten. I'm quite proud of myself. Mm, no, that's that's pretty impressive, actually. When you're as riddled with ADD as my brain is, ADHD, to use the actual correct term, I just don't have the energy for the hyper part of that. Okay. Anyway. This is interesting because, once again, like many things that are regulated by local or federal government, mm-hmm. the answers are foggy. Right. <sighs> So a state might not have it necessarily, but a county might or a city might. Sure. Let's see. Because I know Virginia is one. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, obviously. Yeah. That one's become obvious lately. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know what? I need to further research this because this is going to drive me nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to have uh, sent you down a a rabbit hole. That's okay. That is okay. Which it does sort of bring me to a point though, that really the U S as a whole, and you Mm -hmm. almost need it from, you need it at every level of government, you know, city, state, county, fed. And I know that the work that this would take would be astronomical. Oh yeah. But we need to go through and all of these stupid ass laws that are just asinine. They need to go through, identify them, write a bill that makes them go bye-bye. You know, there are laws in this country that were passed in 1871 that are still in effect that really have no bearing on modern society. But if someone was like a dick officer, they could probably, you know, arrest you for it. Or if you're a private citizen and you wanted to be a dick about something, you could dig it up and go after your next door neighbor for some oddball reason. You know? Right, right. Like, it's, for example, it's illegal to go um, well hunting in Nebraska. You, <laughs> of all the useless laws, 
pretty sure they don't need that one in Nebraska. Now, maybe so, maybe in a few years after global warming kicks in, that might be beachfront property. But until then. So, you know, where where do most of the whale sightings happen in Nebraska? Are they midstead along the borders? What? I just I'm curious. If I might I might visit there just for that reason. Apparently I'll they're land. Up on the tourism site. <laughs> right, right. The, the land wells, the land blue wells walking around. Woo, I'm done. Oh, goodness. But I know that's like an astronomical thing, but at some point in this country, we need to go through and sort of get rid of these some of these laws that don't really have any meaning. Um, and I would suggest starting out with possession laws of yeah. marijuana. And, and they have started in some places. I do know that. They, they definitely have. Um, first of all, the federal government needs to deregulate it and take it away from a Schedule Class 3 drug mm -hmm. to a Class 1. Editor Jack from the future here. I just needed to jump in real quick and uh, make a quick correction. Marijuana is a Schedule 1 drug, not a Schedule 3. I had those flipped, and I thought I would go ahead and point out what a Schedule 1 drug is according to DEA.gov. Schedule one drugs, substances, or chemicals are defined as drugs with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Some examples of schedule one drugs are heroin, LSD, cannabis, ecstasy, peyote, and cocaine. All right, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Which would mean that medical research can occur with it. Mm -hmm. There's that. And then every other law, it basically needs to be treated in the same way as alcohol. If you can get pulled over for being under the influence of alcohol, you can get pulled over for being under the influence of cannabis. Correct. I agree. Going forward. But for me, the other side of that is anybody who is in a jail or a prison system for having less than, I don't, I don't even, what, half a pound? I don't know. They should probably be released and have their records cleared. Mm -hmm. um, I can understand that if you got arrested with 50 pounds of weed, you probably, that probably wasn't your weekend stash unless you were hanging with Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. They tend to call that possession with intent. To distribute. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I would mm -hmm. say that's probably correct based on that amount. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem if, you know, that's the case, that person staying in jail. <laughs> but every other thing, you know, there are dudes in jail that are in there for, you know, 20 years and all they had was a joint. Yeah. And so. It, and that just, it blows my mind how, you know, how they charge and sentence those kinds of crimes. It's a whole yeah. other topic unto itself. But first of all, if you want to save save the state some money and by state i mean you know government stuff mm -hmm. that would probably get rid of probably a third of the people that are in prison and or it, jail. it would be a goodish amount it would be a good amount because we're yeah. talking that's a great deal of nonviolent offenders so yeah yeah and you know that would save a ton of money a ton on overcrowding you know and and then it would let people out for something that in half the country is legal at the state level and is legal entirely in Canada. Oh yeah. 
Or, as my son would say, Canada. I like his better. <laughs> I say it that way. All I have to actually physically make an effort to call it Canada and not Canada because he did it from the age of eight on, starting out as a joke, and then it just sort of stayed that way. Oh, Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> if, if there are any Canadians listening to this, blame my son. Mm-mm-mm. He did it to me. He ruined me forever. <laughs> it's all the children's fault. All of it. <laughs> always. Always. But yeah, that would be a, I, I don't even know how, well, I mean, obviously you need somebody who would be a legislator that actually cares about people that are in prison for what is essentially a dumbass reason. And for the most part, yes, it really is. But then you also need people that are willing to let it get out of committee so that it can go to the floor and then you need enough people to vote on it to pass and then to go to the next the other chamber and repeat all of that and and probably i don't even know which part of that would be easy because they're all equally frustrating when you when it comes down to it honestly yeah probably the easiest is what they're doing now is just you know revamping the laws and, and expunging records and things like that yeah that's probably the easiest way to go anything else past that actually changing the laws yeah that's trickier only yeah. because depending on where these changes might take place everyone's going to have a different agenda on how they want and who they want prosecuted but I digress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All they got to do is just listen to this podcast and they'll understand that we're correct and they should just listen to us. I mean, I don't see what's so hard about that. It's Honestly. in the title. Duh. <laughs> I mean, hello, legislators, listen to us. Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're yeah. right. It's just. And as we're speaking, I am making notes on things I would like to look into. Right. And I'm like you, I will come back with some answers to these questions. I absolutely have to now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm just getting soft in my old age. Oh, so. You know, I'm, I care about people. And, oh. You know, I, I want people to have live the best life they can possibly live and not be treated like shit, be treated fairly. <laughs> Imagine that. Mm-mm-mm. And that's everybody, you know, it should be. Yeah. I mean, you feel that way about everybody or everybody should feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that my daughters should get paid less because they're girls. Right. Now, maybe if, the you know the other person has 10 years of experience and they have five well i could see that but if they had both have five they should get paid the same yes In those instances what matters is qualifications yeah but i don't think that makes me a feminist i think that just makes me a, a an equalityist <laughs> well, you could be a feminist there's really nothing wrong with that term. There are men that are feminists. So. Well, I yeah, and I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying that it's in this case, I'm not like pandering to that group. I just think no. that my daughter should be treated fairly and equally. And the fact that they're, you know, have boobs shouldn't affect anything. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, you know? I agree with the sentiment. Yes. And I, I mean, I feel that way too. And so, I, well, yeah, you're, you're the parent of the daughter mm-hmm. and you want her to be treated fairly. You just have that extra wrinkle that my daughters don't have. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we'll, we'll just call that a wrinkle. <laughs> a wrinkle. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, yeah. <sighs> Come on, world. Quit being dicks to everybody. Catch up. I mean, really, get on yeah. board with the enlightenment train. Woo woo. <clears throat> That's right. Treat everybody friendly because, in the end, everybody wants the same thing. You want to be loved and you want your children to be loved. Yeah, and you want. Sure. There you go. We can move on from there. And That's as simple as it gets. I don't know what else is needed. That's it. We're not doing the podcast anymore. Our job here is done. That's right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> That's right. Unfortunately, I think that loving, starting from the position of love, is a point that needs to be hammered in frequently, very frequently. I, I don't know why, <laughs> but I can't you know, imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine why it's big. Yes, but, sometimes yeah. it just comes from. Sometimes it just comes from a lack of understanding. And That's that true. Lack, and that lack of understanding sometimes just. Based in fear. Yeah. Yeah. Some some people don't need, they don't want to self-examine. They don't. Because that's that's really what it boils down to. I think it's, on a, it's going to be on an individual level that that radical change will happen. But a lot of people can't have that conversation with themselves, much less yeah. anybody else. That's true. And there are just certain arguments that when you realize the length of time they have been made that you kind of have to realize that it's a fake argument. People in the Southwest have been complaining that people from Mexico and Central America were coming to take our jobs since the 1920s. Mm-hmm. You still have jobs, right? Oh, yep. And to be fair, the jobs, when they come over, they do take their generally jobs that white people don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So they aren't taking your jobs. They're taking the jobs you don't want. They're taking jobs, basically. But, yeah. But so at what point when an argument is, well, shit, I, it's a hundred year argument at this point. I forget sometimes that the 1920s and now is a hundred years apart. For some reason in my mind, it's like 70 or 75. And then I get hit with, holy crap, that was 100 years ago. But anyway, yeah, that's been an argument. They're coming to take our job for 100 years. And that's just with people from Mexico and Central America. It started much sooner when they were laying railroad tracks in the 1840s and 50s, only then it was Chinese people. Hmm. And then at uh, the turn of the 19th century, once again, future editor Jack here. And what I meant to say was 20th century, not 19th. Plus or minus about 15 years, it was Irish and Italians. And, and again, like you said, never mind that they were doing most of the jobs that other people that felt themselves better didn't want to do. They wouldn't touch it. Yeah. I mean, do you like? Well, actually, I know for a fact people don't like things because the last year, everybody has been cl- complaining about how much everything in grocery stores cost. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying that I haven't complained about it because I just in my life I can't see paying 40 bucks for a steak. <laughs> yeah. And I love steak. Um so I get that the inflation in grocery stores is tough. But if you don't have the migrant worker that comes and does the job we don't want, which is a lot of time, non-automated, uh, a vegetable type, you know, jobs of picking. Cause you can't, there are just certain things that there aren't automation for, and people do it in backbreaking labor. Mm-hmm. And that's why things cost what they cost in the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> in, this inflation is just giving you a small hint of what would happen if the people you're mad about coming and taking your jobs that aren't really your jobs, because let's be honest, at this point, the migrant worker's been doing it for 100 years. So really, they're just coming and taking their jobs. Basically. <laughs> but you can't, you know, you can't want to pay $1.99 for a quart of strawberries and then be upset that, at the people that come to make that happen. It's... And you say that, and it's pretty much parallel to um, a meme I saw someone post earlier today about, you know, there was the group of people that, and this was, you know, before the pandemic, always talking smack about people that didn't want to work in um, low-wage jobs. Well, you know, go to school and get educated and, and get get some skills and, and work your way up and get another better job. But now... Because those people have indeed decided they no longer need those kinds of jobs. And they're supposedly help wanted and now hiring signs everywhere. And now those same people are complaining that it's an hour wait to get a table at your favorite restaurant or, yeah. you know, your favorite quick, quick service place no longer does online orders because they don't have enough people to fulfill them. Things like that. So yeah. the very people that you kept telling to go get better jobs went and got better jobs. So yeah. what do you want? Well, like we like we said earlier, nobody's listening to side B of the record. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is the side B. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, so many things that are, are like that. And, and unfortunately, we're kind of a victim of our own success in America. <laughs> yeah. and, and so we're all sort of, you know, self-centered. I mean, I'll admit I, I have some self-centered tendencies. I think a lot of us do, but that's part of what makes makes you human and how the species survives in a way. Because you have to have some sort of, you know, preservation and all of that. But anyway, mm-hmm. that being, you know, said, you, this is what it takes to have the situation that you want. You have to have people to come and do certain things, and that requires, in the case of, you know, vegetables and stuff like that, people that are migrant workers. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean that like in a, you know, shitty, you know, brown, brown skinned person way. Mm-hmm. I just mean it in that's the reality of the situation. And sometimes you just have to talk about the reality of the situation. And, 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 that's, and yeah, you're right. Yeah. And there, you know, you can beat around the bush and try to say it in a politically correct way, or you can just say it in the way that is what it is without being demeaning. And, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe the price of produce is going to be stuck where it is now, because maybe, you know what, maybe the 
the people that do that job, maybe they're demanding more money as well. Exactly right. More money, better conditions, some benefits, something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame, blame them, you know? And if you watch people do this sometime on a Sunday at between 12 and one, go to a big box chain restaurant, you know, at Chili's, I can't say Applebee's. I, I want you to come back and listen to the show. Um, but, you know, at Chili's, at TGI Fridays, you know, go to those sort of chain restaurants that always get the um, after church crowd. Ah, uh, yeah. And cracker obviously, barrel. yeah, Cracker Barrel, you know, TGI Fridays, you know, you know the ones I'm talking about. Not sure. fast food, but they're not, you know, the super sit, high end. Sit that down you, restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go, order your food as normal, and just people watch and see how many people are rude to the wait staff dressed in their church clothes. <laughs> and that's why people that are servers in restaurants aren't coming back because they realize, you know what? I don't have to be treated like shit so you can have a second cup of water. Nope. And I don't blame them. I don't, I don't blame them at all. You know, my, my eldest daughter was a, a weight person for Mm -hmm. several years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she has some stories of rude people. I does too. She does too. And, 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 you know, as a matter of fact, for quite a few years, um, she was in, you know, service related jobs. Mm-hmm. So she did, you know, wait staff, um, retail, things like that. And I just had like a pretty short stint in retail myself. So I could only I get I could relate to a certain extent. But she would come home and tell me stories of just, you know, women who wanted refunds for things they couldn't get refunds on for some reason decided that whatever the policy was didn't apply to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that, that sense of entitlement that because I'm here and you're serving me, then I'm better than you. Go ahead and get that out of your head. Cause you, first of all, you ain't Second better. Of all, don't ever insult the person that handles your food. Stop that. Yes. And don't insult the person at the, at any retail thing. They don't make the rules. I got news for you. The president of JC Penney's isn't working a cash register the week before Christmas. No. He probably doesn't even go to Penny's because he makes enough money that he shops elsewhere, not called Penny's. <laughs> he doesn't shop. He has people shop for him. Exactly. <laughs> so don't be mad at and treat that person like crap. They don't make the rules, but unfortunately they do have to follow them. And if they can't do something, they can't do something. That's just, that's just how the world works. People. Mm-mm-mm. I I worked in the pawn industry for a long time, mm-hmm. and that is a unique industry. Um, it's retail, but it's more than retail because it's also mm-hmm. banking <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people used to just all the time, well, why can't you just do this? And it's like, you understand that the pawn industry is heavily regulated and there are laws that we have that other retail establishments don't have. And what you were trying to do could get me put in jail. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. And none of my employees are either. Are you going to pay my rent for my wife and kids when I'm in jail? 
going to buy their food? No, I don't think so because you're in here trying to pawn something. So clearly you also have financial issues. So don't try to ask me to break the law. <laughs> Basically. But somehow, somewhere, there's an exception and they look hard enough or complain loud enough. They're going to get it. That's yeah. what they think anyway. Yeah. And, you know, just that person working that job, they go home, their feet hurt because they've been on them all day. As, as a weight person or behind the register at retail, you know, they're not getting, getting a lot of breaks, especially during the holiday season. And they're exhausted when Christmas is over. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, just, just remember that. And, you know, especially if you're going to the restaurant on a Sunday after church, uh, don't be a jerk. <laughs> definitely not be a jerk like i said you can't you just cannot be a jerk to people yeah. that handle your food yeah that's awesome. a good way to have something in your food you might not know is there basically just just don't do it that's i don't i don't even have anything else just don't do it yep. if you if you have a problem that you you can't treat people that work in the industry civilly or respectfully just stay home just order all your stuff off of amazon and cook on your own meals don't worry about it don't worry about it. That's right. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> and spend and send that extra money that you're not spent spending on a tip to that weight person. Feel free to send it to K and J Save the World at gmail.com. We will accept any and all payments. <laughs> any and all donations. Thank you. Yes. We appreciate it. <clears throat> yes, we do. And once again. Tony Braxton, if you're listening, feel free to sponsor us. We would love it. Actually, I would. I would, too. I would appreciate that very much. It's a new yeah. year. We can manifest these things and uh, watch them happen. Yes. Yeah. And I Tony Braxton, I have a CPAP machine, so you don't have to worry about never breathing again. Oh, my God. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> horrible. Oh, God. I'm, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding because I needed to sleep. So that part. <laughs> well, I think that's a good way to end the show because we've been we've been yapping on for a while. Yeah, but we uh we did okay with a I guess a non-topic show. If you want to call it that? Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm hoping that I get some of the uh, research done for next week that I was supposed to have ready for this week, but my kids were in town from out of state, so I hang out with them and did not do research, so forgive me. I mean, that's what I did, and it already happened, so it's too late, so you really almost have no choice but to forgive me, but <laughs> the the audience, I'm saying, but so next week, it should be interesting and if I'm able to do it right, you're going <laughs> to shake your head going, holy shit, unless you don't cuss and then you'll say, holy poo. I mean, I hope we've, I've hope we've, we've instilled that sense of wonder in everybody that's been following along with us this whole time. So, yeah, yeah. And um, Kenyatta and I are also uh, working on what we hope or think will be uh, interesting for February uh, for Black History Month. 
we're going to try to highlight somebody that is incredibly important, but nobody knows is as important as they are or were in history. So, mm-hmm. so we're, uh, we're planning on that being something, something cool, something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And on my other podcast, Uh, For February, I am having the former executive director of the Oklahoma Historical Society on as a guest, and he is going to talk about the Tulsa Race Massacre. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking that I might upload that as well to this channel as like a bonus episode. Because if you don't know what that is, holy shit. (laughs) Basically, yes. (laughs) And Yeah. Mm. Um, Dr. Blackburn is very knowledgeable about Oklahoma history and he, he's a pretty good source to talk to about that particular thing. So I'm definitely looking forward to that episode. Most definitely. Yeah. So February, uh, I think is going to be a fun month, uh, to talk about certain things and it should be very informative and not that January isn't going to be exciting, but just wanted to let everybody know we got something special coming up mm-hmm. so anyway i guess with that we should just as usual do our our sign off feel free to go to our facebook page jack and Kenyatta save the world if you have a topic that maybe you would like to have us talk about uh, shoot us a message or a comment on that page even if you knew the answer to something we talked about today on this show uh, there's always a link uh, that post the podcast on there. Feel free to put that in the comments section. And oh, yes, also the charity that I like to give to is the Service Dog Project. It provides service Great Danes for people with stability and mobility issues. And Kenyatta, what's your charity? My charity of choice is the Black Women's Health Imperative. Um, they uh, focus on uh, addressing and correcting disparities in health care. Um, that Black women and young girls receive, and they work on improving those circumstances. And you can find more information for them at bwhi.org. Yes, and I forgot the website for mine. It's servicedogproject.org. And you can also find and follow us on Instagram at K-A-Y-K and J-J-A-Y-S-T-W. So, that is correct. We might even post a uh, a Christmas present I made for Ralph on the Instagram as well. You just might have to. Yes. Yeah, going full <laughs> circle. So yes. anyway, with that, uh, I'm going to say bye. I'm sure Kenyatta is going to follow suit. I am. And as always, we thank you for listening. Um, if this is your first time or you've been with us since the beginning, we appreciate all comers and we hope that you continue listening. And as always, we invite any comments, suggestions, uh, corrections, because we're not always right. Although, you know, we like to think we are, but anything like that, let us know. Speak for yourself, Kenyatta. <laughs> I will. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, with that, we'll, uh, We'll talk to everybody later. Have a good week. Bye, everyone.